Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Dav Chav Zayin Amid Beis. Um, I guess we should go back to Masiv Rava. It's like halfway through the Amid just to get a flow going. The Gemara had said, we said there's a halacha Sinai, that if a Nazir leaves over money, and is no lo- unspecified money, and is no longer able to bring his karbanis to use the money for the karban, Although there's chatas money mixed in, halacha Hashem Sinai is that you use all the money for a nadava. But if it's specified money, then it's treated like the carbon itself. Then we had a discussion as to what if instead of leaving money, they left animals. So is animals considered unspecified, or are animals automatically specified because they're not considered money? So we said there's a distinction between animals that have a mum, or animals that are tamimis. That's what we had the last couple of so the Gemara is going to ask Akasha, is that it's going to seem that, that the Brisa seems to indicate that all animals are considered specified, with a mum, with a, uh, with a mum or not a mum. It seems like all animals are going to be specified. We're going to say not like that. Let, let's just get a flow going. Masiv Rava, Karbonai. The pasuk says regarding Chatas Karbonai, his Karbon. Be Karbonai that a person can only. Uh, use his animal for his uh, avera to fulfill uh, as a kapara. You cannot use your father's uh, carbon. So if a father did the same, did an avera and set aside a carbon, and the father died or whatever, you can't use that carbon. And the gemara says, You might think that it's only a problem if the father and son did not did not perform the same sin. But if the father and son committed the same transgression, meaning the father ate chaylev and the son also ate chaylev, you might think then then it's fine. Tamalomer carbonite carbonite says carbonite twice. Twice to tell you that you cannot be yaitze with the father's carbon, whether it's the same sin, whether it's a different sin. Then the Gemara goes further. It says carbonite a third time. Why? I might think that the son could only not use the father's carbon. When he set aside an animal, even if it's the same sin, why? Meaning, maybe it's only a problem if the father set aside an animal. Because we had yesterday, there's a concept, there's that if a father set aside money, he was a Nazar, set aside money and then died, unspecified money, and then the son accepts Naziris on condition that he uses the father's money, he's allowed to do that if it's unspecified money. If the father set aside animals and then died, the son cannot do it. It's Al-Khamashvizinadafka by money. So the Gemara says, you see from this Halachamashvizinai that there's a distinction between money and animals. So therefore I might think that you could only not use your father's sin in general. Your father did eight chaylev and you ate chaylev. We said you can't use the father's carbon. You might think that's only true of the father set aside an animal Because there's no precedent of a son using his father's carbon by the animal. But if the father just set aside money, you might think that the son could use that money for his own carbon. Why? Even if the sins are not the same. Meaning, you might think Although it says carbonate twice, which we said is to teach you that you cannot use your father's carbon, whether it's the same sin or whether it's a different sin, you might think that's only true if he set aside an animal. But if he set aside cash, even if it's a different sin, so the father ate chaylev, set aside money for the carbon, and then the son uh, did another avera, that's chayev chatas, you might think that he could use the money even if it's not the same sin. 
Shari Adam Now we're up to today's daf. Because, as we said yesterday, this Allah Masina, that if the father set aside unspecified cash and then died, the son can use that money for Naziris. So you see, there's a precedent of using the father's money. Now, the Allah Masina is you can only use your father's money for Naziris, use the money that your father set aside for Naziris if it was unspecified. Carbon a third time to tell you that no, you cannot use the father's money if it's not the same sin. By the way, you do see from here that when it comes to setting aside using your father's money for Naziris, there's a difference between an animal and cash. Just remember that. Okay. Now we said like this. So it says carbon a third time to tell you that you cannot use your father's money if it's not the same sin. Oh, so we've already proven that you can't use your father's animal, you can't use your father's money. What about you yourself? Forget about your father. John eats chaylev and his chayv chatas, and he sets aside an animal for a chayv chatas, and then a, a, a month later he does another sin that's chayv chatas. So you might think that he should be able to use carbon A, carbon that he set aside, that he set aside after sin A could be used for sin B. Meaning, I know that you can't use your father's, but what about using your own? Meaning, not the same sin. Again, Ruvain ate Chalev, and then Ruvain ate uh, Chazev. It's a different sin. He set aside a, a Chatas after eating Chalev. You might think he should be able to use that Chatas for Chazev. For whatever reason, he wants to use it. Tamalever carbon el it says carbonoi al chatasai his sin, that it has to be the carbon for the specific sin that you did. You can't switch from um, from sin to sin. Now last one. I so we have this last one is to tell you that within the person himself, he cannot change um, the the carbon from one sin to the next. If he set aside an animal, again, he eats chaylev, sets aside an animal for the chaylev, and then he does another sin a week later, he can't use that carbon for the second sin. I might think that this is only true when it's an animal. Why? The Gemara says, perhaps this is only true by an animal. Why? If you set aside an animal after eating chaylev, the Pasuk is telling me you cannot use that animal for a different sin. Yeah, that makes sense. Why? If let's say you ate chaylev and you set aside the animal for chaylev, and then you ate blood, and instead of, you know, and you, you brought the wrong carbon. So instead of bringing the carbon on the chaylev, you brought the carbon Instead of, again, you sin for chaylev, set aside the animal, and then you ate blood, and you want to use that animal. So the reason why it doesn't work is because, the, the reason why the Pasuk says that you're not allowed to do it is because it's not effective. Shari loy mol. You didn't commit me'ila by this, if you did this accidentally, for like keeper. And therefore you're not atoned. Meaning, because you're trying to change from one animal from one sin to the next, it's not effective. But maybe for money it's okay. Meaning, 
you might think that this is only a problem by animals, but when it comes to money, you could change. Meaning, you ate chaylev, set aside money, and then you ate blood, you might think that you could use the money that you set aside for the chaylev for a carbon for the blood. Why? Because if a person were to set aside money for chaylev, and then use that money for dam, what's the halacha? The halacha is... The halacha is that you're Yotza B'diyavit. So you might think that because you're Yotza, you're allowed to do it. The Pasuk says not like that. Meaning, if you did it accidentally, you're Yotza, so you might think that you're allowed to do it on purpose. No, Kamash no. But that's not something you're allowed to do. That was a very long b'risa to tell you that basically you can't use your father's carbon. You can't use your own carbon to convert it, whether it's an animal or whether it's money. But katani mi is behema. At the end of the day, you see from here, the main point was that when it's describing a, a person using his father's, um, his father's um, money that the father set aside, if the father was a nazir and set aside money, could the son use it? So he said, if it's money, yes, because it's unspecified. But an animal, no. That was thrown in Aga, but that's the most the most important part. Katani Mias Behema, you see from this Brahsa that it says that you cannot use an animal, that if the father set aside animals for his Naziris, the son cannot use it because the animals are considered specified. My lava filobalasmon, even if the animal is blemished. Now here's the problem. We got finished saying in yesterday's daf that anytime there's Allah Mashmasina by money, does it apply to animals as well? So we said if the animals have a blemish, then they're considered money because it's easy to sell it. If the animals are considered tamimis, if they don't have a blemish, then they're not considered money. So we made a distinction by animals between a mum and a non-mum. This b'risa, which describes a different halacha moshe the halacha moshe of using your father's carbon, uh, using your father's money that he was set aside for Naziris, for the son to use it when he becomes a Nazir, and the b'risa just says yes to money, no to animals. Why doesn't it make a distinction? It seems to be from this b'risa that all animals are out, all animals are not treated like money, and it makes no distinction between a blemished animal and a non-blemished animal. So the answer is loy. We had this before. Tamima, no. The b'risa that treats animals differently than money is dafka unblemished. But if it was blemished, it's taka treated as money. So the Gemara says, Aval balas mum mai Shouldn't the b'risa say that? Why does the b'risa make a distinction that it says money is good, but animals are no good? It should say within animals. It should say, Bal mum good, Tamima no good. So the answer is, Hachanami. Dilma mai chazi l'dmei. The answer is, that's what the b'risa means. When the b'risa says money is good, it means an animal that has a blemish. Not much the same shak of that we had yesterday. Okay, new topic. It's a Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. The Mishnah is dealing with the following premise. We know that a husband has the right to revoke his wife's uh, Naziris. We've had that multiple times. Now, if you remember, in the Dorim, we described how a husband doesn't have the right to revoke every nether the wife makes. It's only things that affect their relationship. So why is he allowed to revoke the Naziris? Because one of the laws of Naziris is she can't drink wine. That affects their relationship. They can't eat dinner together. They can't have the same thing. They can't, you know, they can't go to restaurants together. That, that affects them. So the question is, at what point 
can the husband no longer revoke the vow? Meaning, whenever, let's say she brings the carbonos, even if she hasn't yet shaved, right? Once you bring the carbonos, the laws of Naziris, according to many Tanayim, are removed. She can now drink wine. Once she could drink wine, there's no reason for the husband to revoke the vow. So the husband could only revoke the vow because she can't drink wine. Once she's allowed to drink wine again, it's too late for him to revoke the vow, even if she's in the middle of the, uh, the, the, the last stages of Naziris. So this is the mission is dealing with. The Mishnah says, again, she has to bring three carbonos when she's done her Naziris. Chatas oil shlamim. Once one carbon's blood is already spilled, is already sprinkled on the Mizbech, just one, even though she has two other carbonas that haven't been brought yet, the husband can no longer revoke the vows. This is the Tanakama uh, Shita. The Tanakama's opinion is that once one animal's blood is sprinkled on the Mizbech, then the halacha is that she she can now drink wine again. So once one animal sprinkled, he can't revoke the vow. Meaning, he could revoke the vow up to that point. But once one animal's blood is already sprinkled on the Mizbech, it's too late. But that means, though, that if the first animal is shechted, but they haven't sprinkled yet, he could still revoke the vow. Because she could, he could always revoke the vow as long as she can't drink wine. So she could only drink wine once one blood is sprinkled on the Mizbech. That's the point where he could no longer revoke it. Up to that point, if they shech the animal and they catch the blood, but they haven't sprinkled it yet, he could still revoke the vow. Rebbe Kiva disagrees. He says, Rebbe Kiva says, no, even if they simply slaughter the animal, you can't revoke it anymore. Now, why? That doesn't make sense. I understand the Tanakama that you could revoke it until she's done her uh, the restriction on wine. When is she no longer restricted from drinking wine? After one animal is Nizrak al so says the Tanakama, if you shech the animal and you catch the blood, you could still revoke the vow because it hasn't been Nizrak yet. She's still in full-fledged Nazir. Rabbi Kiva says, no, once you shech the animal, it's too late. Why? I, she still can't drink wine. The answer is, Rabbi Kiva, it's a rabbinic prohibition. If you shech an animal and catch the blood and then he revokes the vow, that carbon becomes puzzle because they already caught the blood. You can't sprinkle on Mizbeach because you revoked the vow, but you can't you don't want to spill it out because it was a full carbon. So in order to to avoid bizayon of Kadshim, Chazal said, once you shech the animal, the first animal is too late. Even though technically you should be able to revoke the vow until the blood is sprinkled on the Mizbech, once you catch the blood, it's too late. Okay, now we're saying that once one animal is already sprinkled on Mizbech, you can't revoke the vow anymore. Why? You can only revoke the vow Kolzman that she's not allowed to drink wine. Once you sprinkle one blood, one animal on the Mizbech, she could drink wine again. Therefore, there's no had to, to revoke the for their husbands to revoke the vow. But says the Mishnah, very simple. What if the carbon that she's bringing is not for the conclusion? What if the carbon that she's bringing is for the tumah? Meaning, she became tummy in middle. So the halach is that when you become tummy, you also have to bring carbonos. And then you have to redo it. So then, it doesn't matter. Even if one animal is already brought on the Mizbeach, he could still revoke the vow. Why? Because she's now going to go another month of not drinking wine. Meaning, it's only that one animal, once it's Nizrak on the Mizbeach, the husband cannot revoke because then she's done. That's because it's the conclusion ceremony. But if it's in the middle ceremony, it's the, if she became Tomei, and she's bringing the Karbanos in order to restart the clock, then he could, he could always revoke it because she's still in the middle. She's still got another month left of not drinking wine. 
Now, Rav Meir says like this, Av Rav Meir says like this, Rav Meir says, even after the, even after the, the animal was Nizrak al-Mizbeach, and the prohibitions are lifted, he still says you could revoke the vow. Why? I, I thought the whole reason the husband could revoke the vow is because she can't drink wine. But now she could drink wine, so what's the head? So the answer is, after you bring the carbonus, what's the next step? She has to shave her head. He may not want a wife. That might affect the relationship. He might not find her attractive if she's bold. So Ramirez says, even after you already brought one carbon, the Tadakama says, once you brought one carbon, you can't revoke it anymore because what's the reason you're revoking it? Affects your relationship how? Because you can't drink wine? She could drink wine. Ramirez says, yeah, but she has to shave now. And that might affect the relationship. I mean, the Tanakama, the Gemara is going to explain, the Tanakama felt that she'll wear a, sh- she'll wear a shaitl. Ramirez says, no, a shaitl, he may not love having her have to wear a shaitl when she's alone with him. So Ramirez says, even after she brings all the carbonus, he could still revoke the vow if she hasn't shaved yet, because if she has to shave, he may not like the way she looks when she shaved. Okay. So again, the first opinion was that you could only revoke the vow, you could revoke the vow up to the first animal being spilled on the Mizbeach. Rev- Akiva held that once the animal is shechted, you can not do it anymore. And as I said, it's a rabbinic prohibition in order so that they don't waste that animal. So the Gemara says, Our Mishnah, which feels that once one animal is Nizrak al-Mizbeach, right? our Mishnah feels that once the first animal's blood is already sprinkled on the Mizbeach, she could drink wine. Says the Gemara, that's not like Rav Liezer. Di Rav Liezer, Hamer Taglachas Makevis. Rav Liezer holds that even after all the animals are shechted, you still can't drink wine until you shave. Our Mishnah feels that the restrictions on drinking wine is removed after one animal is already nizar kol mizbeach. That's not like Rav Liezer, because Rav Liezer says the restrictions last until after the shaving. After the carbonos, because according to Rav Liezer, you could revoke the vow even after all three carbonos are shechted and sprinkled on the mizbech because she still can't drink wine. Now the Gemara says, go to the next page. What's the machloekas Tanakam and Rav Akiva? I explained it when we read it, but the Gemara we'll, we'll read it inside. The Gemara says, Tana di Don Saver. The first of Tanakama feels, once one animal's blood is sprinkled on the Mizbeach, she's now allowed to drink wine, but Leslie Nibble, and then the husband no longer can revoke it. The only reason why he could revoke it is because the not drinking wine affected their relationship. She could drink wine now. Why does Rabbi Kiva say that even before the blood is sprinkled, merely once the blood is caught and shechted, he can't revoke it? Aye, she can't drink wine still. So why can't he revoke it? He's afraid that it's a waste of kachim. Once the animal's blood is already caught, before it's sprinkled, if you revoke it then, then what are you going to do with the blood? You can't you sprinkle on mizbeach. It's a waste of an animal. So we don't want to do that. Therefore, rabbinically, we will not allow the husband to revoke the vow once the animal is shechted. Here's the thing. Once one animal... Oh... According to Rabbi Kiva, according to the Tanakama, if you shech the first animal, catch the blood, but didn't sprinkle it yet, you still could revoke the vow. Rabbi Kiva, because she still can't drink wine. Rabbi Kiva says, no, you can't revoke it anymore. Why? Rabbinically, because if you revoke it then, then you're not going to be able to do anything with the blood. You don't want to spill it out, because it's a car- it's, car- it's a carbon. You can't spring on Mizbeach because she's no longer a Nazira. So in order to avoid this problem, once you catch the blood, Chazal uh, prohibited the husband from revoking the vow. Because 
if you revoke the vow, then we can't sprinkle the blood. The Gemara says, why? Here's what you can do. The halacha is that outside of a chatas and an asham, if you have any carbon that you sprinkle on mezbeach with the wrong intention, meaning, let's say it's a shlomim and you think it's a carbon pesach, or it's a carbon pesach and you think it's an oil, whatever. If you sprinkle on the mezbeach with the wrong intention, the halacha is that your yaitzen, maybe not the carbon that, you know, let's say you were supposed to bring an oil, maybe not yaitzen oil, but you're allowed to sprinkle the blood on mezbeach, meaning, and the animal could be eaten. Meaning the sprinkle of the blood is effective enough to make the animal edible. So over here also, you shechted the animal. Right? Let's say you shechted the shlomim. Caught the blood. Husband revoked the vow before you could sprinkle. So says Rabbi Kiva, uh, you messed everything up because now you can't you can't eat the carbon because it wasn't you can only eat the animal when the blood is sprinkled on the mezbeh. You can't sprinkle blood on the mezbeh because she's no longer in a zero. So it's hepsid kodshim. You're gonna have to throw out the animal. It's a waste. Morris says, why? Take the blood. Let's say it's a shlomim. Sprinkle on mezbeach, thinking that it's an oil. On purpose. Because you have no choice. That will be an example of a shlomim brought for the wrong intention, which the halacha is, bidiyevet it's yoytze, that you could eat the animal. So that's what you should do. So why does Ervakiva say that if you shechted the animal, caught the blood, and then the husband revoked the vow, you'd have to throw out the animal? Why? Have the animal, again, assuming it's not a chatas, every other carbon, if you sprinkle with the wrong intention, you could eat the animal. So do that. Milo Tanya, if you have the lambs of Shavuos, on Shavuos they would bring Kavasim, Sheshachtan Shloy Lashman, that you slaughtered for the wrong reason, Oy Sheshachtan Lofanei Zmanan, Oy Laachar Zmanan. So if you, if you, yeah, so if you shechted it for the wrong reason, meaning you think it was the wrong animal, or you shechted Lofanei Zmanan, or you shechted it too early, Oy Laachar Zmanan, too late, Hadam Yizrak Vabas Yachal, you sprinkle the blood and eat the meat. Now, if it's on Shabbos, you can't. It's not for now. And if you sprinkle the blood, even on Shabbos, it's acceptable, and you could you could burn the fats. What do you see from here? That if you zayrik the dam for the wrong intention, you could eat the animal. So if you have that shlamin, shechted the shlamin, the husband revoked the vow. So sprinkle the shlamin, thinking it's an oila, and you'll be able to eat the meat. So why is that not an option? The Gemara says, Amri, the The answer is, that's only true if it's an oil or shlamim. I told you, the one animal you can't do that to is a chatas. There are three animals that you have to bring when you're done your naziris. Oil or shlamim chatas. The case of the Mishnah that Rav Akiva is concerned about, that there'll be no turning back, is where the chatas is, is shechted first. Meaning, you shech the chatas, catch the blood, and then the husband revokes the vow. That was nothing you could do. You can't sprinkle it because she's no longer a nazir. Can't sprinkle for the wrong reason because that's not affected by a chatas. That's only by a shlamim and oil. Can't burn, can't eat the meat because you can only eat the meat after the blood is sprinkled. That's where Rebekiva says, therefore, the husband's not allowed to revoke the vow because of the concern that the first animal shechted would be a chatas. You're right. If the first animal shechted was a shlamim, technically we would have a way out. But we're concerned about the case that the first animal shechted would not be a would be a chatas, and then, then you're stuck. Okay. Now the Mishnah then said, um, The last machlekes was Rabbi Kiva held, Rameir held. That even after all the animals are shechted, the husband could still revoke the vow. Why? I she could drink wine. So what's the bothering the husband? The answer: she has to shave. 
And Rameir feels that a husband may not want his wife to shave. Why is the Tanakhama not bothered by that? Because he says, why would the husband care? She'll wear a shaitel. Rameir says he may not want to, he may not like the way she looks in a shaitel on him, you know, or it's not, he knows it's not her hair. And therefore, uh, the machlekes is whether that would, that's a legitimate reason to bother the husband enough that the husband could revoke the vow. Last mission, we'll do the mission that we'll stop. Now we've had this, this concept already. A man may declare his son a Nazar. If you have a son on the Bar Mitzvah, the father has the right to make him be a Nazar without his knowledge. But a mother cannot make her son a Nazar. Now we said, though, that if a husband, the father makes the son a Nazar on the Bar Mitzvah, when the moment the son hears about it, or the family members hear about it, they are allowed to revoke it by rebelling against it, by saying they're not interested, or by shaving his head, or by him shaving his head, as long as it's clear that they're that they're saying no, then it's he's no longer a Nazar. If upon hearing that he's another, the son shaves, or upon hearing he's another, the son, the family members shave the son, or if the son verbally said, I'm not interested in his ears, or the relative said, they're not interested in him being a Nazar, so the halach is, he's no longer a Nazar. Now let's say the father makes him a nazir, sets aside animals for his naziris, and then the son says no. So here's the, it's mamish what we had. You have these animals that are set aside that you can no longer bring as a nazir. So what's the halacha? If he set aside three animals and he verbally dictated what they are, so the halacha is chatas tamus. The chatas is left to die. The oila tikkur oila. The oila is brought as an voluntary oila shlom shlom, and the shlom is brought as a voluntary shlomin. Although it's a voluntary shlomim, it's not a nazir shlomim, you should eat it in one day like a nazir shlomim, but it does not require the bread that's normally accompanying the nazir shlomim. That's if he left animals. Let's say the father set aside money, and then the son revoked the naziris. If he set aside unspecified funds, so he set aside $900 for all, but he didn't say chatas shlomim, so we have this. Although there's chatas money in there, halacha Moshe Sinai, all of it is spent on oila, optional oila. Most mafrashes, but if he set aside specified funds, meaning chatas oila shlomim, so then the money is treated like the animal. Demei chatas yelchli yamamelech. The money of the chatas goes to the yamamelech. Loi nenim v'loi me'ilin. You're not allowed to benefit from it, but there's no me'ilah because it's not going to be used as a carbon anyway. Demei oila yavio oila. The money for the oila is brought as a voluntary oila. Umoilin pen. And if you use the money, Corrupt, uh, inappropriate, not for that purpose. Yechayev meila. To me, shlom yaviu shlomim. The money for the shlom is meant is brought as a shlomim. Ben echom yom echad. You should eat the carbon one day. Vein and tunalechem, but it does not require bread. All right, we'll stop here.